Today's Daily DVR Dives into Stranger Things 3 is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today and use code DVR20 to get 20% off your order, no minimum. That's right. Go to Cufflinks.com if you have an event or if you just want to look good when you walk out the door in the morning. Who said you can't dress up every once in a while? Come on, take that jeans and t-shirt off and wear something nice. Go to Cufflinks.com and appoint yourself. Get some style, baby. Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome to Daily DVR Does Stranger Things Season 3. My name is Axel, and I'm really happy to have two great co-hosts today. Fandom Saint of his eponymous YouTube channel. That means it's called Fandom Saint. And Julian Yush of the Tower of Babel podcast. Check them out. You can find info on both of them in the show notes. Today, we're going to have an all-encompassing, spoiler-filled discussion of Stranger Things Season 3. If you haven't seen it yet, turn back and head towards Hawkins, because we're going to talk about it as if you've seen it already. We're not recapping. I'll give you guys a chance to say hello, or I'll give the guys a chance to say hello in a moment. But first, I want to remind you that you can find us at DVRpodcast.com, and we also ask that you consider becoming a patron. At patreon.com slash DVR, we have lots of exclusive podcasts there. You can also send your feedback to DVRpodcast at gmail.com. Also, Veronica Mars is up. Check us out. Search Veronica Mars. Ken and I are covering the entire series and the new stuff when it comes out July 26th in two weeks on Hulu. Also, we're covering Big Little Lies, so check us out covering Big Little Lies. All right, enough of me. Uh, I've got two guests. Let's hear from them. Let's hear from Fandom first. Fandom, if you can say hello, introduce yourself, how people can find you. And uh, also, thanks for coming on today, pal. Hey, all. Fandom here from Fandom Saying YouTube channel, where I do several reactions to TV shows like CW's The 100, FX Legion, and Netflix's very own Stranger Things, which we'll be discussing with you gentlemen. This is like the first time ever I'm like discussing this season with anyone, really. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, your reaction videos are great, but this gives you a chance to expand on that, right? Mm-hmm. I like it. Exactly. Right. We've also got Julian here from the Tower of Babel.ca. Canada is in the house. What up, Julian? That's right. Always got to represent Canada, making sure that keeping you uh, you Americans in check. Um, yeah, so we're Julian Muse here from TowerBabelPodcast.ca. Uh, or TowerBabelPodcast.com or TowerBabel.ca, like you mentioned. Uh, and, you know, we were doing a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. Uh, we're heading back to doing a bunch of new fun stuff, including Game of Thrones, um, Stranger Things stuff. And we actually are doing some experimenting with some new content. We're doing a film club. We started off with Jurassic Park. So if you're into that kind of stuff, check us out at TowerBabel.ca. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, these guys are great. And I often will retweet or tweet about them and... It's always good to get other people on and especially talk about Stranger Things. And we were talking before we started, this is great for our ages too, because you all are younger than me. I'm 45, Julian, you're about 30, Mm -hmm. and Fandom, you said you're what, 25? Correct. 25. So you do, that's public knowledge, right? I'm not, I'm not. Oh yeah, that's public knowledge. (laughs) I just want to make sure. But um, it's funny because for me, I get so much of the references, like in the summer of 1985, I was 11 years old. Mm -hmm. So this is like my life that I'm watching here 
you know, um, all this stuff. And I mean, it's missing things here and there, but it's a fantastic representation. But I'm interested in just to start out what your all kind of general feeling on this show is, because I love Stranger Things. I think this show is like candy every time it drops. When it was first coming out, I remember reading an article Winona Ryder is going to be on a Netflix show. And I immediately sent it to my wife. And I was like, this is going to be huge. Winona Ryder, Netflix. I had no idea what the show was about. Now it's like the biggest pop culture phenomenon. Probably next to Game of Thrones, it's like a huge pop culture across ages phenomenon. Mm -hmm. But critically, the show, I mean, there's things in this show that I allow that I wouldn't allow on other shows. It has that teen tween edge to it. So I'd like to hear from you guys kind of what is your kind of critical lens that you look through this show? Like I've said, to me, it's a lot of fun. It's written well, but it has like, you know, if somebody's going to get shot, you know, somebody's going to stop them at the last second. It has those kind of conventions of like Spielbergian, Stephen King-esque stuff. Uh, that is relatable, but it doesn't challenge the viewer like a Better Call Saul or even like some people would say Game of Thrones used to, you know, like these kind of top level Westworld like shows, even Big Little Lies, because it has that tween edge to it. But Julian, how do you look at this show when you're watching it and when you talk about even like as a content creator, what's your opinion on it critically? Well, I I, I like that you use the word fun because I we like to use that term as like a very important indicator for things that we're watching, whether it's a movie, a television show, a game, whatever. If it's not fun, right? Why is it not fun? Is it supposed to be kind of tough? And am I supposed to be learning something? Or in this case, no, I'm not really. I'm just supposed to be enjoying the ride. And that's what's really great about Stranger Things is that it's, it's, it's just a fun roller coaster ride that never gets too dark and, and is still able to kind of bring the humor and the comedy and, and it feels light and breezy. Um, I think season two um, wasn't my favorite. And I think season three really is a return to form in a lot of ways. Um, They, they managed to pair up characters in a really, really a creative way that, that really works for me Um, and, and introduce these kind of these quote unquote references to eighties culture that don't feel don't always, sorry, don't always feel hand-fisted. Some of them kind of feel a little forced at times, but some of them don't. Uh, I, the, the Russian uh, Terminator comes to mind. I really, <laughs> I really liked that character. I thought it was very fun. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an overall positive on this season. I have very few kind of minor nitpicks, um, but mostly it was a good time. Cool. What do you think, fandom? So for me, when Stranger Things was like first announced and even after it was like first premiered with the first season, I wasn't watching it because I just heard like the hype surrounding it so much that I didn't want to watch and then be disappointed. So I pretty much like watched like several months afterwards and I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually a pretty good show after all, (laughs) you know? And I could say like one of those like top notch shows on Netflix besides like what I would say my first one is kind of like Daredevil, but that sadly ended and it ended on a good note. So I'm hoping that Stranger Things would also end on a good note. And granted at times like the show gets like cheesy, but it's doable because the show embraces the cheesiness with it. You know, it even has some good comedical moments where it's not like 
Thor Ragnarok comedy. I don't know if any guys ever watched mm-hmm. that. Yes, where there would be like this sad moment, then it would just hit you with a comedy. I'm like, wait, what? Why are you hitting with a joke right here? Can we just embrace this moment? And with Stranger Things, it did it like pretty good transitions when it did insert those comedy moments. Then it has like good acting from these child actors that don't want me to go call a surgeon and get like bisectomy, but it's like, wow, I'm actually <laughs> enjoying these actual kid actors. Hell, I would be great if I actually had kids, you know? Yeah. So, and then you had like the 80s references, which because I'm like too young, I'm young, just like Julian here, where it's like, I don't get all of them. Like there's some songs where it would come on, like, you know, she's cold as ice or in like in season two, like whip it. I'm like, oh wait, I remember hearing those like songs. So. <laughs> but then there's like some references that just go over my head. And if I'm watching with someone else who was like, you know, grew up in the A's, they will mention something like, oh really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, so it's also like that learning experience of a generation that I wasn't a part yeah. of as well. That's I'm cool. technically an 80s kid. I was born in 1989. So, but but like oh, only it's like 80s in name only, basically uh, at, the, at this point. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and see that's a that's a fact. It's fun for me to hear you all talk about that because to me it 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 is well. You hear people say things like, "Oh, they're ruining my childhood," or "They're doing this or that." That's never bothered me. I I understand that they're trying to make a connection to the time period in which it's set. And it is set there. I mean, there is kind of like, I don't think that the Duffer brothers sat down and said, hey, we want to make a bunch of money. Let's, let's set it retro. But that may have been kind of part of the, I mean, that's part of our culture, right? That's what people like and enjoy. That kind of retro thing has, I mean, everything is... Even these comic book movies are comic books that I read when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like you all talk, nostalgia, man. Yeah, all you talk nostalgia. about Thor Ragnarok, and I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm getting flashbacks to picking up my stoner cousin's uh, Marvel comics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like the it, weird images there, like that kind of heavy metal feel that it had. And um, Stranger Things does a great job of that. So it's kind of weird that like, even though it's geared towards me, a lot of that 80s stuff just kind of washes over me. Like I recognize it because I grew up in it, but I just accept that that is where they're at. And it does it. It's like, what I'm trying to say is it, it, it seems like it's more apparent to people that didn't grow up with it than people that did. Hmm. That's know? interesting. So you, it felt more organic to you. Yeah, it exactly. Like it was a part of the world because yeah. that's the world you grew up in. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's a great way of putting it, Julian. It was very organic to me because I just felt like, oh, wow, they're doing a pretty good job here. Like, I believe this. Like, I that is kind of how it was when I was 11 years old. I don't sit there going like, oh, wow, look in the background. There's that. I just kind of recognize it. And I'm like, oh, nice touch. Like mm-hmm. the new Coke stuff and even like um, there was like, well, I don't know if it was like Fruitopia. I don't know. It was some, there was some like, there's some kind of like uh, old different kind of soda brand in the background. But I'm glad that that is, adds to the fun and that you guys see the show as fun as well. Because um, I think sometimes in our culture, and I know I've heard you all talk about it, Julian, like I think adults sometimes forget that some of this stuff is geared towards kids mm-hmm. and they get a little too into it or a little too angry about something. Like if it's say, you know, the last star Wars movie where there was a lot of kids stuff in it, 
Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of adults get mad about it. Oh, they're ruining Star Wars. It's like, well, guess what? My six-year-old loved it. Yeah. He, he it's like, it, and they all forget about Return of the Jedi and the Ewoks. They all yeah, forget about it. It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's good to hear people of different ages having the same, th- having a good attitude about Stranger Things. And that's why it's, I just think overall it's a fun show. And I'd like mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about your kind of your comparisons to the other seasons. I felt that this was really the best season. I love the first season because we learn about our characters, we learn about the world, um, and it's a it's that sense of discovery. I felt the second season was too internal. Um, the extra episode that Netflix actually mandated that they try to kind of backdoor a pilot to open up this world to her, you know, number eight, I think it was. Yeah, was really put a little bit of a shadow on the season. Not to have a pun there, but it kind of did. And it's this, easily the worst se- episode of the entire series. It's yeah. not even close. One hundred percent agree with that. Doesn't fit. It's, 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 it's unskippable. It's very skippable. At this oh, point. completely right. It's rare today that in a serialized show you can be like, no, you can totally skip that episode. But you really can skip that episode, and I don't fault them. Uh, and I don't actually fault Netflix. This is a property. They want to try to expand it. It just didn't work, you know? And I think that it was a, it was kind of like they should have waited and done that in between the seasons. And I think that the Duffer brothers and the production and the crew would have been able to focus on that a little bit better and come up with a unique story. But instead, they tried to ram it. You know, we've got everybody working. Let's do an episode. Um, but anyway... Like you said, Julian, they returned to form this season. Did you feel that way, fandom? What what are your feelings on each season and how this one ranked? So, yes, I'm still kind of like with you, Axel, where I'm like, this is probably could be like the best season so far. I have to rewatch the first one because I enjoyed the first one, too, in the same regards. And when it comes to like season two, it's like, uh it's okay, but not as good as the first and the third, because we're in that season. You know, we get introduced to like Max and Billy, which I really wasn't a huge fans of them, and I always question myself. Okay, why are they here? You know, besides Billy, it's okay. Why is Billy a douchebag? I can see why Max is there for like you know character development, like for the boys to introduce. Okay, we're gonna introduce someone else to the group, as well as like with Lucas more accepting to people. But I was like, eh, hopefully in season three, they expand on them, which they pretty much did. So I'm happy about that. But again, with the whole The Lost Sister episode, I was like, why we're still here? And even when we come into season three, she's never mentioned. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Huh? And then there's a part where we're towards the end of the season and they're like, who can help us? Eleven has no powers. And I'm sitting there like, wait, wasn't there a whole episode about how there's like, more of them? Like, did, you, like, <laughs> did no one think about that before? You know, like it. It's not. They just don't even mention it. So I'm sorry. Continue, buddy. And those are like the points that and the Brenner thing. It's like did they even bother bring a Brenner? That's why I thought it was gonna be like maybe he was one who told the Russians or something, but nothing at all. Yeah. So it's like okay, all right. Yeah, maybe but, he is dead, and maybe the guy was just lying about Brenner being alive. Who knows? But didn't you – do you – do you? Um, I want to hear what you have to say, Julian, but I do want to respond to your fandom that I kind of – even though I make a joke about not mentioning eight or – and you're mentioning how there was a 
there was a, almost a, like a, a decision made this season not to kind of go back, not to dive into the mythology too much. Like they contact the government and then they show up in the last scene. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I was know, saying, where's Owen's at? <laughs> yeah, like, it was a good scene with Joyce calling that guy back and like demanding. Yeah. But that was great. Uh, yeah. It, it was very weird. It was, it was, it was, it seemed weird. But then I, th- then I thought to myself, I actually liked that. Because what I liked about it is that it allowed the story to just continue and it allowed them to flow. And it was like each scene built upon the last and they weren't kind of delving too much into the mythology and the backstory and L and the lab and all that. They mentioned it enough and it became part of the plot, but it didn't overwhelm us to the point that we then digressed for half an episode into it. You know, we were always staying with our main characters because by the way there's like 20 of them <laughs> i was gonna just gonna say we don't need the show doesn't need more characters yeah and it's funny you guys are talking about like where are these characters from season two i can believe forgot those people existed like i don't even <laughs> I, like who like who's brenner like i don't like that's that kind of stuff like it all just washed over me in the second season like it all felt rushed and i did and I, it, none of it stuck where you know, you could almost skip season two and go straight to season three. Almost talk about skipping stuff, and it would it would almost feel fine. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff in there that you'd want to get in terms of background, but I also appreciate that they don't really kind of feel the need to kind of do so much world building in in season three. You can just kind of live in it, um, and it in the same way in season one, which I think had a lot more better horror elements, by the way, I think that's why I think it's still for me, my favorite season. And I don't even love horror movies. I just think it, it, it was able to kind of balance the, the humor and the horror side a lot better than this season, which is a lot funnier, but you know, never got quite as dark, which um, is fine, but just my preference. Um, I love the new characters they introduced. Like Robin for me is such a great character. Um, you talk about like the, the whole cast is great, but Robin I think is really, is like a standout in terms of not only just her performances, Maya Hawk, which I didn't even, I, like I found out later on the daughter of Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. So, and I should have yeah. recognized, she looks a lot like Uma Thurman. <laughs> she's an exact, yeah. she's yeah. like one of those kids that looks exactly like a half of their parents. Yep. And she was great. Like, so, I, 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 and I love the, the, that they didn't feel the need to make her a romantic, um, give her like that. They made her gay. And I thought that was a great choice uh, because it, it kind of, the show always feels like it's aping from the eighties. It, it wants to feel like it was made in the eighties. It exists in the eighties and that's fine. It's great. But it is also able to um, embrace the fact that it's a show made in 2019 and it can, it can kind of, turn things on its head a bit your expectations yeah. of every spielberg movie is going to go like this they're like okay we're setting it up and we can do a turn here um i i really appreciated that especially with that with that specific one um later that's on so I, I actually can't wait for more of that yeah that's I was a great point, that i thought that they were gonna have billy be like an lgbt character but like in the closet but then they switched oh. that on me and they did it to um, Rob. And I was like, oh, that caught me off guard. Because I thought they were going to, you know, have our expectations towards that. Oh, Steve is going to be dating Robin. But in reality, it wasn't. So I enjoyed that. That's like one of the things I enjoy about Stranger Things. And they kept doing it with characters where they try to give us that trope. 
and lead us one way and then they change it like with steve i thought he was mm-hmm. going to be the bully that we're not going to enjoy and now look at him he's like, like everyone's favorite character exactly yeah yeah see that's a very john hughes-esque thing that's strange i mean they do borrow fantastically from so many different well i guess you know what is that really fair to say because all art is homage all art mm-hmm. is borrowed from other from what came before it we all learn as artists and creators how to do what we do by watching things right and learning things and reading things um but that that twist that you're talking about fandom is so important to this show and especially with Steve and the Robin reveal that she is gay was to me a part where it took me out a second. You know why, Julian, is because I, I thought exactly what you thought, which is like, okay, this is kind of more of a today thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. that was not a reveal that you get in a lot of, like, Stephen King and Stephen There'd Spielberg be no way. movies. There would be no way. There'd been no way you would have seen that. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. I mean, that became a part of Stephen King's work later, but it wasn't a big part of his earlier work. And I loved that they did that in a sense because like you're saying, and that's why I feel like I melt into all the eighties references, because this show is very much a show of today, right? Mm-hmm. Like even though these kids are in the eighties, they actually kind of act more like kids today. Like they don't spend a lot of time showing, at least in this season too, that they're like the big losers. You know what I'm saying? Like, because in the yeah, 80s, you basically never see them at school. Yeah, the whole thing is, it right? takes place in, in the summer, though, right? Exactly. That's the idea this time. Yeah, but you don't um, get that dichotomy, yeah. which was a huge part of 80s movies, which is that now geeks rule. When I was mm-hmm. growing up, when I was 11 years old and, and reading uh, like, you know, uh, different crazy sci-fi books and Arthur C. Clarke and playing Dungeons and Dragons, people thought I was a geek and I would get and people would literally make fun of you, you know, like that they were like the jocks and the nerds. But it was the the culture um, embracing that or actually people like John Hughes, other people, whether it's even like shows like a family ties or something like showing that on in a pop culture level that changed the culture. Right. And you guys grew up in a different world. Like did in, in like comic books, movies are like huge now. Back in the day, it really was very nerdy to read comic book guys. Mm-hmm. That's not just something they put in movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was really the truth. If you say so. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you, dudes, it really was the truth, you know? Like, but it's it's funny. It's just, um, they, they, I think they did a great job this season of letting the characters be confident in who they are. And the Robin reveal was part of that. Uh, Dustin was so much more confident than before, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was just doing his thing. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. But I think we all agree that this was a, a return to form and a great season. And um, I want to do something about the characters since we were talking about it. Do like a quick uh, inspired by fandoms reaction videos. We're going to do just a quick reaction to each character and we'll go, um, let's see, what order we'll do. We'll do, what did I, I think I put, I said, okay, fandom, Julian, then me. So I'll name the character, then we'll come back to me, and I'll go back to the next character. So we'll start with 11. Just a quick reaction, like, dislike, whatever you want to say. 
Oh, we'll, we'll, do me first. we'll do yeah oh, we'll you're do, gonna go first okay okay go, go, go ahead sorry yeah. my bad I, I got confused there okay we'll go fandom julian then me all right here we go okay. 11 oh i love 11 especially the actress playing her this season like her cues of like when jonathan was just like opening up her leg was just like phenomenal you know i can't wait to see like her in like other like shows and like movies yeah, I I completely agree. By the way, Millie Bobby Brown is great. I think Eleven in this in the season is great. I think she really grows as a character um, and kind of starts to grow into her own person, who's less dependent on on other people. Um, so yeah, A plus to to Eleven and A Bobby Brown for the season. All right, I'm going to take a little bit of a different uh, thing here. I think that she is capable of more than they're giving her. And I think that she shows that. And I hope that next season, her vocabulary expands. She learns to put the, like A into things before she says them. There was a lot of like, we take car, you know, like that kind of thing going on. She needs to get some schooling. Um, but I like, I liked, and I found the uh, romance to be so done better on her part. I, I it was just like came from within her, you know, it was a very mm-hmm. internal uh, performance. So I, I, I really enjoyed her, but I think she could do more. Um, what do you think about Dustin fandom? I feel like singing the never ending story, just hearing him with Dustin <laughs> right now. But yeah. In this one, with him and his relationship with Steve, I loved and still enjoyed it. Even with Erica about how he just discovered like she was a nerd herself, you know? And even and I'm noticing more how even like in previous season where he's like spending like less time with, you know, Mike, Will, and Lucas. And I'm curious like why they're still doing that within season. So I thought that he's gonna like team up with them more like in the first one. So I don't know how they're going to do that in the fourth season where he's going to spend like more time with his friends now, or is he still going to be, you know, buddy dueled with Steve? And do I still enjoy that as well? I think that that pairing, uh, Steve and Dustin is the best pairing um, on the, in the season. It's, it's absolutely entertaining. Every second that they're together is great. Um, I, interesting you bring up the this idea of like is he going to spend more time with his with his close friends that that's some that's kind of like was a th- undercurrent kind of theme especially closer to the end that you know they're growing up and maybe growing apart a little bit and i think that will be really interesting to see how they kind of flush that out over time especially because you know they're getting to that age where they're gonna hit puberty if if they most of them haven't already that they're gonna look and sound very very different so it's gonna like they might have to do a time jump kind of <laughs> scenario um yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, the puberty thing is uh yeah, kinda hit, I guess, Mike, right? Uh yep. Finn, uh Joey Ramone, Wolfhard. Um he he he's like huge, but to me, Justin's my favorite. And I think the reason I gotta tell you, I think the reason why they split him up is because he's such a better actor than nearly all of those kids besides maybe Lucas. And I think that it is that they need, they just want to go like put strength with strength, 
You know, I think that this kid is an amazing little actor. He just like took over the screen. And as I was saying before, I love the way he's so confident. His love affair was great. His little ideas, just the way he's right away. Um, I also see a potential. Like if I was in this writer's room, I would say that Dustin is actually a potential protagonist. Um of this story and centering it really around him or making him an antagonist, making him in some way go against the group. Like think, um, maybe thinking that they're being too they're They don't understand the upside down. They're not, they're not looking at it in the right way. Like maybe not that he's a bad guy, but I see them being able to have a way of, uh, using that distance and 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 expanding their world cuz like you were saying they're getting older and as far as what you said Julian about them getting older in like a time jump or something I don't know if you guys have been listening to other pods or reading about the show but you know there is like a big theory going around now that they're going to do time travel on this show and that may play into um their time jump their growth too. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I don't know, Julian, had you heard anything about that or did you read anything about that? That is completely new to me. Okay. I've yet time travel, I think is problematic. Tough, I think yeah. it opened, yeah, it opens up a can of worms that I don't know if the show necessarily needs, like they're really good at doing exposition and, and like that won't be necessarily an issue, but it really weighs the show down. Um, when you when you start introducing a really high concept idea like uh, like time travel, everyone understands it in theory, but then it it really opens the show up to be picked apart. And I think this is one of the most popular shows. It is the most popular show on Netflix. Um, it's like you said, it's a cultural phenomenon, and there is, I would worry about that in terms of a, a backlash or people not getting it um, yeah. or saying like that makes no sense. You know, it's tough. That's all. They it's could tough. do it you know, now. People have been saying that, and when we get to the theory part at the end, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about the theories that I've heard. Um, but also because Back to the Future plays a part in this season, um, that they see it in the theater, right? And um, if they did it that way, where it's more simple, right? Like it's not. I don't know if either of you have watched Dark on Netflix, which is absolutely fantastic, and you really should both watch it. Uh, but that gets super deep into time travel. They could maybe do it in a fun way, but um, I don't know. Let's uh, a fandom. I'd love to hear what you have to say about Mike. Obviously, he had a big growth spurt and a big love affair uh, with Eleven this season. But let's let's move on. What's your opinion on Mike fandom? So yeah, Mike was. Oh, I'm a huge fan of Mike though. But within the season. I kind of like felt, you know, nostalgic of when I was like, you know, at that adolescent age, you know, getting into girls into a first relationship and you have all these set of questions and like, wait, what, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? So it was kind of like, you know, funny just looking how Mike did it throughout this season with his relationship, you know, with Eleven and kind of like going through a mini breakup with her. No, yeah. But there was times where he was like a bit of possessive and he even admits it to her. It was like, oh, I wanted you all to myself. And when I see you pretty much hang out with Max, I was a bit of jealous. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then how when Hopper was trying to like have that conversation, 
And he was just, you know, joking around with 11. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're kind of like signing your own grave at this point. Yeah. <laughs> that, I love that you bring that up because that's the thing about Mike. Like there's elements to the character for, I mean, I, I there's just elements to the characters that they could bring more of. And that was a cool little scene that you bring up fandom. I like that. I think he's kind of complicated as a character. I, 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 I was wishy-washy or flip-flopping on him all, basically all season, whether I felt like at first I was like, ah, I don't really, I'm not really enjoying um, finding him kind of annoying at first. And then I felt bad for him when the whole Hopper situation happened. I was like, oh, maybe I felt, maybe I was a little harsh. And then I was annoyed with him again when he wouldn't just tell Eleven about what happened. Um, that whole, basically as it was episode three, I think where it's really well done where it's like cutting back and forth between different parts of the mall um, is really fun, but I just found it frustrating and it, it, and he kind of plays into that a lot. And even by the end, I still mostly found him annoying. So he's he's like a, like a C plus for me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, that's how, that's how I am too. Like I sense, I like, I like that he does things like when you came a fan and when you said that where he was kind of like making fun, like he is sometimes he's kind of like a prickish character. Like he's kind of, he can be a little bit mean and unfeeling um, and very focused on what he thinks is right. And the fact that I can say that means that they've developed a character here, right? That I have a sense of, which is a good thing. But I also feel like sometimes they write him into a little bit of a corner and he becomes very whiny in one note. And I fe- that's kind of how I felt with the relationship with Eleven. I felt that she kind of came across as, hey, she's been through all this stuff. I mean, she barely, you, you know, she's barely a kid, right? Like she's got these crazy powers and all the, the way her life has been and her mom and blah, blah, blah. Now she's living in the woods. So she has her first boyfriend. It's like puppy love. And he wants a protector, but he just does kind of come off like an annoying kid sometimes, you know, like it's like they can't help it. So, and I, I would agree with you guys. I think we're all on agreement on that. It's like a, a what'd you say? A C plus Julian. That's what I'm going to put him at though. I think he could do more. And, um, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I think maybe next season they'll make everybody argue. You know, maybe they got along too much. <laughs> well, they're going to be, they're going to be teenagers and there's going to be, yeah. there's going to be a lot of, um, I mean, they're already basically teenagers, but I mean, they're, they're getting to that point where there's going to be a lot of conflict. And I think that's going to be good. I'm going to be interested to see how people react to it in terms of like wanting to just have like a, like a, a breezy show, but yeah. now all of a sudden all your main characters are, are, you know, fighting with each other might you know, again, I'm just concerned for, for Netflix, I guess. I don't know why, but I, just, I feel like they, there's so many interesting things that they can do, but I'm worried they're going to try to play it safe to try because just because it's like their cash cow, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah. true. We'll, we'll see. And also, I guess it depends on how it seems to me like they're already also rushing the next season into production. Like they're already talking about it. They're trying to keep it in people's minds and I had an inkling, which I don't think there's any way they could do this because it takes them like nine months to shoot this show uh, unless they were shooting stuff for another season. But I don't know. I got this feeling when they said the Thanksgiving thing. I was like, are they going to do a secret drop of season four at Thanks like in like, you know, whatever, four or five months? 
and just drop it on Thanksgiving on everybody. Yeah, and kind of be it's kind of like the uh, yeah, Disney's coming another out. Netflix. Uh, what was that on TV show? Uh, Sabrina. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, yeah. where they did like a Christmas episode. Exactly. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and then season two, and then the second part came out very soon after, mm-hmm. right? It was like within a year they had dropped all that. And with Disney Plus coming out, this HBO Plus or Mega or whatever the hell it's called, Super Size HBO, announced the other day. It, there's a good – I would think Netflix is going to have to really push this stuff. Waiting a year or a year and a half to put out your marquee show when you're asking for a monthly subscription is people can just wait, right? They can just come back and get Netflix the day after, binge it, and then cancel it again. And Ask HBO how that works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Game of Thrones. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Take a little break here. What a great conversation I'm having with Julian and Phantom. These guys are awesome. You know what else is awesome? cufflinks.com go to cufflinks.com slash dvr today they're having a clearance sale they're having so many sales you know what the thing about cufflinks.com is i tell you the uh codes every time you hear me on the ads but if you go to the website cufflinks.com slash dvr they'll tell you the codes there too they always want you to save so go to cufflinks.com slash dvr today use code dvr20 or use any of their fantastic codes to get cufflinks ties belts whether it's ncaa nba nfl nfl's coming back soon come on get somebody a gift football's almost here training camp go to cufflinks.com slash dvr today so let's talk a little bit uh about uh lucas what is your opinion on lucas fandom uh the jokester like <laughs> is this is scenes with max i'm just like why hasn't she truly dumped you already and what's bringing her back to so like <laughs> well, he said like what five times the kids <laughs> and he's like brought something to have like come back I'm like what <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's like, what was that advice that his uh, father gave in season two? Like, you know, she's always right. Even when she's wrong, she's right. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But within the season, I still like warming up to him a bit in like each and every season. Because the first season, I was like, eh, I really couldn't stand Lucas. But second and third, I'm like warming up to him a bit of these communicable scenes. But he's okay. Like, he's almost similar to Mike, but at least he's, you know, more tolerable on scene, I would say. I think Lucas has nothing to do this season and it's kind of a shame. I really, um, I like Lucas. I think he just kind of tells it how it is, uh, which is refreshing. I, his relationship with Max is completely unbelievable. I, you're completely right. Like they, they, first of all, they have no chemistry (laughs) on screen whatsoever. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe that's some purpose. Um, but Lucas generally enjoy him. Just he had nothing to. He has nothing to do. All he can did is contribute. Was that the idea was the fireworks? That was his only thing that he did all season, basically. Yeah, yeah. Not not a lot. Didn't really give him a lot. And there's so many characters. It's like they developed his sister instead of him. Um, and I felt that she was amazing, and he was just kind of like, yeah, he didn't have a lot to do, and he also falls into the sometimes complaining. And kind of moaning. And I like him more. I think he could do more. They don't have... A, they, And I also feel like the relationship with Max was really more of an outgrowth of things that they were trying to do with the characters last season. And I think it... I was actually a bit surprised that they were together this season. Because I thought that she would have just been absorbed into the group as 
one of the people. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think that they were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. I thought she'd just be part of the crew now. And they would be like, oh, yeah, remember when we were dating? So they could develop the characters individually. But it's like they put them together so they could have them be the couple with Eleven and Mike. And it seemed to me as though they were using the character for that purpose instead of developing his character. So again, yeah, not a lot to do this season. Now let's go on to Will. I'm going to chime in first here, and I'm just going to say he is the most useless character. His neck just tingles. And he then destroys the clubhouse, which I didn't understand. <laughs> I know, I didn't. He just got really upset, that poor kid. But he had just there's just nothing to do with this character. And I almost feel like he should have died last year. And it may have had more resonance. But it would have affected our other characters so much that they had to keep him alive. What do you think, fandom? Agree, 100%. It's like... Besides the whole vibes thing, it's like, and then his like tenter chandrum, like, oh, they're pretty much not playing, you know, D and D with me. And it's like, at the same time, it's like, Mike and crew should have realized that, yeah, he's still a fan of D and D and stuff. At least just tell him, like, hey, we're kind of growing out of it, you know? But they just couldn't have the heart to tell him that. So I kind of felt bad for him. But it's like, he could have died this season, and I would have, really wouldn't feel that sad about it, really. Like, I would have felt sad for Joyce, but it's like, oh, okay, I guess yeah. he's just gone. But I enjoyed him more in season two because in season two, at least we got more of him, and I kind of like him being possessed because it kind of reminds you of, like, you know, the exorcism and other, like, you know, uh, culture guys and all of their stuff where it's like, you know, kid being possessed, whatever. But within the season, it's like, okay, he's just there. And just a reminder that the kids are growing up and he really just hasn't like, he's not into girls. He's still into the D and D and stuff. So it's like, okay. Everything you guys have said is completely right. Um, the most interesting thing about will was something I heard, which is actually subtext or could be subtext or completely separate, which is that the theory with that he is actually gay. Yes. Um, I think totally. He says what like, you don't like girls. And when they say it, there's a look that is, is exchanged. Yep. That's not just like I'm a kid that doesn't like girls yet. You know, I agree. It Julie. could be read right either way. I think, and yeah. I, I think when I first watched it, I read it that way that you're still just a kid and you don't like girls yet. I think it's way more interesting um, if he is if he is gay. I think that that would be a really cool way to explore that because then even Robin, as like an older you know yeah. teen, is like can is almost as like a mentor there can help him explore that in some ways. I think that's really cool. So. It might not even be a thing, but that's kind of how I read it. That yeah, that would be and and from a writing perspective, that's that's an entry point with those two characters that they could connect to the time period as well. Especially if they do if they jump ahead or they do anything with the nineties, you know what I'm saying? Then you can get get into a whole cultural thing that's going on there, which trust me was not present when Ronald Reagan was president and would not even say the words HIV in public. Uh, so <laughs> that's like, I wonder if they're going to get into any of that if it comes back and it's 1986 or, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, a, that's a thing that Stranger Things has, they don't go too deep into that stuff, you know? They, they, it's, it's more of on that kind of uh, pop level. Light and breezy. Uh, yeah, light and breezy, breezy yep. which I can appreciate. That's cool with me. They don't need to go there. 
we've got a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. um, but it's cool that they that that's part of their world. Is I appreciate that. The next two characters, let's kind of take them together because they spent the whole entire season together, and they both like they look like they should be brother and sister and not boyfriend and girlfriend. But it's Nancy and Jonathan. Um, uh, what did you think of them this season, fandom? Ah, this like I get the angle they were going with them, where okay, they two were you know, also and happens to be investigating, you know, the stuff with the upside down. But at the same time, it's like you could just not include them in. I was kind of hoping this season that they were even involved. <laughs> I was hoping that they're already in college or something, yeah. and just like okay, we're just gonna deal with like the rest of the characters and develop more of Max and Billy and stuff. Then like nope, we shoot them back in, and she's doing her internship. Jonathan is there as well. It's like okay, whatever. At least we got some stuff about like the rats and stuff from them. But it's like uh, C maybe D with them too, really. Yeah, I didn't see, enjoy, however, the um, Nancy and her mother conversation. And I was like, okay, this is I enjoy out of this. And then doesn't pay off. Nothing pays off out of that, by the way. <laughs> you think like that she's going to break the big story at the end. And then it's just some random, like weird news cast from like, uh, I don't even, I don't know what it's referencing. Cause it just like felt like uh, all those shows on history channel about aliens. Um, yeah. So I would have, I really also enjoyed that conversation with her mom. I just wish it would have paid off um, a little bit better, but you're right. The a, a D is probably the best score you could possibly give them um, because you could just eliminate that whole storyline from the, from the series um, and you would basically lose nothing. Um, it felt very forced. And then it's almost like they just dropped it and forget about it. Um, they only, they were really only there so they could drive a car sometimes. Uh, and that, <laughs> they love doing that. Yeah. They're always driving it. in a car. You're absolutely right. They're always driving. <laughs> Sorry. Got that. that made me laugh. Oh, you, you still there? Oh yeah, I was wondering oh, who's next. Oh, that was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got too into the car because you're right. That's such a weird thing, Julie. Right? Like you notice that in TV, and it's it's you know what the thing is is they probably shot that all at once. Like when you see characters in reoccurring um, locations, they just had them where they could shoot them in the in like the car, you know, whatever the green screen car setup, and they probably just said, "Hey, we already got him in the car." Let's just get them in a car again. They keep on driving places, right? And then they just go to a studio for a day and shoot all the car stuff. I mean, that's how they do it. That's when you see, when you look at locations repetitively like that. Yeah, I liked it because I'm a newspaper guy. I came up in newspapers. My first job writing was at the Star Ledger in New Jersey. I, I was in the newsroom, editorial assistant. I love newspapers. So I, th- I, when the newspaper thing happened, I was like, oh, cool. They're doing like a kind of death of media thing, but you know, it's a little early. But um, like, this is going to be fun. But, you know. It really was just an excuse because when you think about it, what do they accomplish that the Billy storyline doesn't, right? Like you, je- all you need is Billy and the kids noticing what's happening with Billy. You don't need them noticing the lady eating rats. That's a completely it, – it just it just ties into the Billy thing and gets them to meet up eventually with the kids, right? So they kind of probably could have just written that they went off somewhere and then they show up later in the season. And it might've even been cooler 
and done a thing where you're like, oh, hey, they're back. I, th- I was thinking they might not be in this season. So for me, I would give them even, I, I don't know, maybe just a fa- I would give them an F this season. Um, though I would have to say one thing. I love the way Nancy was so gung-ho. She was picking up the gun and lo- and shooting, and she was so. Both her and Joyce made a de- had a, made a decision this season just to do it right. Like there was no more complaining, there was no more worrying. They spent like two seasons worried, and this season they were very they were very kind of in control of their own agency and making decisions on their own. Right, not about their kid or their boyfriend or their friend or their job. Like she was doing it, and I appreciated that um, for the character. But she didn't really do much. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll give them points for that. Um, giving, you know, especially female characters back more agency. But if, if you mentioned Joyce, and if I just we can just jump to her for a second, yeah. I can't. I just can't. The whole ever since the first season, and she was like way over the top. I guess maybe I just don't like Winona Ryder. I don't know, but I everything she does is just too much for me. Yeah. Like it, it, it just always feels like she's at like twelve. Everyone else is like is sitting at a nice nine or ten. That's and Winona like, Ryder. Yeah, and I guess I'm not a Winona Ryder fan. Yeah. Well, well, you were you weren't uh, you weren't nineteen taking your college girlfriend to see uh, rea- uh, what is it reality bites. At the Rutgers uh, Student Center, <laughs> and falling in love with Renona Ryder, and she looked just like her. That was me. That was the story of my life. Uh, little, very cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, dude. My my yeah. first girlfriend in college was like the spitting image of Renona Ryder. People used to say, like, "Oh my God, she looks just but like." Yeah, it lasted a glorious six months. That was amazing. <laughs> best six, best six months until you got married. <laughs> oh hell no that was no i had a lot better after that um but we did see reality bites at the student center together and i was like oh my god but yeah that's always her and julian we can just jump to to joyce um yeah i liked her this season and i and i totally agree with you she like that is kind of what winona Ryder has always been an interesting actress because she a lot of people portrayed her at the time, like, you know, when I was coming up as kind of like the it girl, but almost like this um, mysterious, quiet, like, like kind of like the reverse of what a lot of guys at that time were like the strong, silent, creative type, like, but in reality, in most of her films, she's, she's extremely energetic Right. And puts a lot into her characters. So I liked in Stranger Things that they kind of captured that with her, that she was like at an extreme. But I totally agree. Last season, especially, it it was like off kilter, you know, like the character became kind of off kilter. And I like this season. She kind of pulled back and she really became a stabilizing force for Hopper because now it was his child that everybody was worried about, right? Like she was able to take the role that he had had previously and they kind of switched roles. And I enjoyed that this season because I felt Hopper was a little bit out of control. He was pretty violent. He wasn't really acting much like a chief or a sheriff. Nope. You know, he was just doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. 
So, um, Fandom, what did you think about Joyce and Hopper too? Oh, so going to go for both characters. Yeah, do agree. It's like with Hopper this season, he kind of pretty much took like parental role there because even though it was like in season two, but a little bit more with the whole freaking Mike and Eleven relationship until even like with Joyce where I do like how she does get over the top and I can see like how some people just don't either like her acting or sort of way about it. But for me, I always find it just hilarious how, especially with the whole times when she's like, you know, picked up the phone, even though it was just past like one minute and she's like, you know, still going to call the dude and tell him to like, hurry up and come. And she's like worried <laughs> about the festival because the kids are there and it's literally 10 minutes away from the mall where, you know, with the whole mind flare and all this other stuff is, and what the Russians is going on. So I just enjoy that about the character of Joyce within the season. And even Hopper, it's like he's been stressed out from the beginning to like end. It's like from the beginning with the relationship with like Mike and Eleven to then he's stressed out about the whole Joyce not going to the quote unquote day. It's not really a day, but he just kept bringing it up again and again and again. And that's why I do like um, Murray, where he even brings it up in the car, where it's like, guys, <laughs> it was entertaining in the beginning, but now it's becoming bothersome. Oh my you God, know? it gets so annoying. It's an unbelievably exactly. how annoying. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, Hopper frustrated me, especially early on, when it's like not believing Joyce. It's like she's like, all confused about the the magnets, which is <laughs> very funny. Um, and I'm just like, dude, how much shit have you gone through in this in this town? You're just you're just gonna you're just gonna call it a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. All the all the power goes out. All the ba- the the magnets fall off the fridge. And it's like ah, oh, it's all coincidence. It's like what? How many more things need to happen to you before you start kind of like questioning your environment? <laughs> yeah, um, that was. Do you? I, we, I was, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you bring up a great point because this plays into the fact that actually the first two episodes really kind of came at us slow and built up, right? Like it didn't. Um, it didn't just jump on, and uh, a part of it was what you're talking about where he kind of resisted that something was happening. And I felt like that was kind of like a plot contrivance, you know? I totally, I absolutely totally agree with you. I did. It just felt like they needed some, something, a little bit of conflict early on while they were still developing their, their big bad. Um, And that was going to be what it was. And it's like, he got all drunk and he was all upset at the waiter. Um, It's like, I guess it's funny, but he just came off as an angry drunk um for the first like couple episodes and i i didn't love it i will give you this though um i love i absolutely love the moment when he uh lets um let's smirnoff go <laughs> and he's like no he'll come back don't you worry just watch and i'm like, I'm like i think this is, I, yeah. I'm like i think he's making a terrible mistake right now i think this is a bad idea and they're like nope he's turning the car on he's driving away and i'm like I'm like, what is happening here? I, my hands are up in the air. My and then and then he was right. I actually really appreciated that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was good, and that came at a good time too, didn't it? Because he was kind of seeming off the wall, and then they when they meet up with Murray Bauman, um, he last season he was so off the wall, but this season Murray Bauman seemed to kind of almost stabilize them a little bit. He's the straight man in, the, in that in that three. In yeah, that three and they and and it kind of made. Um, and then that part happened, and then I started to enjoy the storyline more. I felt yep. like it got muddled, 
And then he kind of, Hopper kind of returned back. They got more focused and then they were on their way. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they all came together and I enjoyed it. But the the way that they split up everyone this season um, was sometimes it's, it's, they all like lagged a little bit in the middle, but then kind of picked up and I enjoyed the way they were able to kind of come together uh, in the end. But yeah, Hopper, that, that scene you mentioned too, when he gets drunk at the restaurant, that was, uh, that was a little weird, but the first couple episodes to me, I kind of liked because for the first time I felt like we got to hang out with the characters without such a sense of impending doom. And that was kind of fun for me, actually. I liked it. I, it's, the show is less about everything else and it's all about spending time with characters. Yeah. So the more time you can get like fun character moments it's like you don't even necessarily care what what they're doing. You start thinking about it later, like why is that? Why did they do that? Or what? Like what's going on? But like at the time, you're just enjoying the moment. It's that light and breezy thing, man. It works. It does. <laughs> so what do you got? Now we're talking about. There's a couple other characters I do want to talk about, but I want to address while we're talking about Hopper. Do you think fandom? Do you think that Hopper is dead? Do you think he's the American that's in that jail cell in Russia? Is he is he in the upside down? Is he come? Is he not coming? What do you think's happening with him? So when we first see his death, I was pissed off. I was like, "Really? You're just gonna kill off Hopper? Who's gonna take Joyce to Enzo? 7 p.m. Was it Friday night? Was it? And I, and then suddenly when we got that like uh, um, mid credit scene, we're like, "Oh, don't um get the American." I'm like, "Wait a second. <laughs> And then I rewatched a scene where you see like the Russians in that room, they were being vaporized, but you don't see what actually yep. happens to Hopper. Just that bright light. So I'm yeah. like, okay, he's alive. Either yeah, he's but- in the upside down and maybe they just did the whole American thing that probably just, you know, get us hyped up, but it may not even be Hopper there. Or that would be like the whole mission of like, oh, we need to go to the upside down. And if you need to like motivate our characters, like 11 crew, it's like, well, guess who's in the upside down? It's Hopper. So they can do it in multiple ways, but I, I know he's alive for sure. Yeah, in an interview with Slash Film, he essentially he all but confirms that that he's the one behind the door there. Oh, so okay, yeah, uh, he, they, they, he kind of slipped up. I think that the PR were a little upset, but it's it's a pretty thinly veiled connection. I mean, yeah. like they've been calling him the American the whole the whole season, and it's like, of course, and like and like um, like you said, like. If it's not on screen, he ain't dead, especially in a show like this. If you don't see the body, they ain't dead is yeah. basically the rule. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally think he's alive. And if if and also because they made such when they when they make an effort in a television show to not only verbally but visually show you a like a spatial difference between people it's obviously has a plot there's a plot reason for it they show you that he is behind the thing that explodes which by the way explodes backwards right but trapped towards the wall where the upside down is so he's like in between and everyone else is on the other side of that machine right so it seems that he got either pushed into it or maybe he got pushed in and popped out and the Russians found him, right? Or they got into the upside down and they found him. Or that American in there is another one of the 
series of one to 11 or whatever, and they're going to use them to go in and they find Hopper and he communicates through CB to, uh, to Dustin. Uh, but yeah, he's got to be alive. We all agree. Mm-hmm. He's definitely got to be alive. Um, let's talk about a character. I think we all love Steve. Steve's the best. I have nothing bad to say about Steve fandom. You already said it like the way they switched him up and they just went with it is great. He's such a sweet guy. Uh, fandom. You, you like Steve, right? Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> like, I think I remember hearing an interview, like he wasn't even supposed to even like, you know, have like that big of a role. Yeah, but he, he was supposed to die. Character. I think I think yeah. he was supposed to die the first season. And it was a good decision that they didn't kill him off because he was just great. Just him, even even like Robin made like you know joke like how many kids do you even know? But like he's kind of like <laughs> yeah. that babysitter in a sense. So, you know, I did enjoy his character. And finally, he kind of like quote unquote won a fight. <laughs> and they even made note of that in like previous two seasons where you know he lost like two fights. It's like, are you sure you can like fight the Russians? But yeah, and even though he's not gonna like maybe in season four he might actually end up dating someone. If not. I'll be okay with that. There's for some people you can't find love. I'll just be you, Steve. <laughs> Steve the Hair Harrington. I, by the way, I, when they when they revealed that, I love that because his hair is always seemed absolutely insane to me. Like just so much. Um, love it. I it, I love Steve. It just from a characterization standpoint, it's interesting. You brought up Thor Ragnarok earlier. It feels like a a pretty big shift. Um, in his personality uh, from the first two seasons to this one, he's a se- like he's a he's, he's essentially just a big jokester um, the entire time, you know, Mister Funny Guy, uh, and that's fine. It just and I I, I almost almost appreciate that that's what they chose to do. It's just a little it's a little jarring where I'm like, oh, I guess I, I guess he's my favorite character now. Oh, I wasn't ready for that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he's great. He, he is great. And I, I, the, you know what the thing is? Uh, we've been covering Veronica Mars, uh, Ken and I, um, and I'm just finishing up season three. And it's important to remember that you change a lot when you're young, you know, and, and um, you start off, you know, one grade like this, and then you end with a different friend group. And you do, people do change like Steve great changed. Point. It's a great point. Yeah. And, and I kind of like that, you know, I mean, I'll tell you when I was in high school, I was the quietest, nerdiest kid. Nobody, people thought I, there was something wrong with me. I was so shy. And then I got to college and I started talking to everybody and it was like in within six months. And then I think a year after that, I was quiet again and got sick of everybody. So, (laughs) you know, you change. So I like the way Steve has changed and I love that he gets along with all the kids his relationship with Robin. I like that they didn't get together, you know? Um, yep, it's great. Even if she wasn't gay, even if she just said, hey, Steve, I ain't into you like that, you know? You're more like a brother to me. I thought that would have been cool because I think it's cool when they show a girl and a guy who are friends. Um, I think that's cool. So I just, I think Steve is awesome. And my only hope for Steve is that he somehow gets more into the story like i wonder if they're going to give him some kind of job or something like i don't know i feel like my hopes for next the season four or that they can somehow kind of integrate so it's not like 11 has superpowers all these kids know about it they live in a crazy town 
I would like it if those kids are somehow connected more to it. Um, the only other character we talked a little bit about, Billy, uh, that was kind of the, the one, uh, Billy and Max, uh, that we hadn't really talked about. Um, what do you think about them, Julian? I think Billy, um, when he was introduced in season two, was just so paper thin that it didn't really even matter. And even though they, they kind of try to do some emergency like backfilling of backstory, and he's like, oh, he had a tough childhood and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I, it's effective enough because they couldn't go into doing what they wanted to do with Billy in the season and not have done that. Um, I just think he works as a villain because he's a very physically imposing character. Um, and I don't really buy that like sacrifice at the end be- at all really, but um, I kind of just blocked that out of my memory because everything else is pretty great. Um, and I really enjoyed the like giving a voice to the villain that wasn't uh, that wasn't Will. Again, it felt a lot scarier, um, and that was really cool. Um, that interaction with with Eleven, um, I would have liked more of that. I think I think the villains in this in this series, um, in this season specifically. Um, we're kind of split between the Russians who it's like their motivations are unknown. You'd have no idea what, what they want or why. Um, and then kind of the same problem with the, the upside down where like they want to escape the upside down because why they're evil because they're evil creatures. And that's easy to, that's easy enough to understand. And I guess the Russians are like, they're just Russians. We don't like Russians. So it should be that simple, but it's like, we're kind of missing that kind of, yeah. that kind of, deeper piece to the the bad guys. Uh, but again, just because we, we get to hang out with the, with the kids. So I guess it really doesn't matter that much. Yeah. Billy, what, what do you think about fandom, Billy? I like, uh, I, I, what do you think about Billy fandom? I'm sorry. I, I switched that up there. Um, I, I think Billy is, was kind of fun this season, but you know, not everybody's cup of tea. I don't know if I bought that. He was such a sexy guy. I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't, like when the when the when when they kind of like Steve has a little bit more of it for me. I believed it when everyone thought Steve was like with the hair and everything, but I don't know, maybe I just didn't get the appeal. Are you a Billy fan fandom? So in season two, I couldn't stand him. I think I mentioned that earlier. He was like a yeah. douchebag. <laughs> and then season three comes around, which by the way, there's like one gripe is with the I think it was the second trailer showed us him being possessed. And I wish that they kept that out and just kept that for the season itself, where we would have been shocked. Oh, wait a minute. When Billy was getting dragged, what's going to happen to him? He's going to live. He's going to die. But since I saw in the trailer, he's going to be possessed. Okay, he's kind of going to live, whatever. But I kind of enjoyed him a bit more because he had more to do. And Julian brought it up like he was imposing. Like I believe it was like, what, episode four, where it was him up against Eleven. I think that was like the first time ever where I kind of felt afraid for 11 because he actually was owning her and almost was about to kill her and then mike comes out of nowhere to save her there so i was like okay and even as the season progresses like he was still that imposing guy so it would just work, work perfectly for him you know and i was worried and i was worried like okay what's gonna really happen with this you know billy character i do like the actor because i remember seeing him in power rangers movie and i enjoyed him there and then when it came to Stranger Things, I was kind of pissed off because he was just a douchebag and I hate him. He played it well, douchebag. And just like you, Axel's like, I don't find him that much good looking, but I guess he's just, you know, eye candy for the ladies or so on the show, I guess, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I forgot that he was in that Power Rangers movie. I watched it with my son. That was actually surprisingly good. 
Uh, Agree. Uh, yeah, it was surprisingly good. I enjoyed that movie. Uh, but yeah, I have no idea if I've seen it. It's one of those movies where I, I might have seen it, but I have no recollection of it at all. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> there was a cool part in the beginning when they drive around in a car and the camera stays in the car while it's spinning. They did so, just some interesting. I'm noticing you stuff. like car moments. Yeah, a lot so. of car stuff today. A lot of car stuff today. Um, but yeah, Billy, meh, not that great. Max, on the other hand, I really liked her this season. Um, I, I think that she has a lot of potential on the show. I like that she they added her to the show. Um, I thought that she was able to, uh, she wasn't a focus of things, but I think that they kind of dealt with the Billy stuff with her good sometimes. Then again, there were other times like when his car is completely destroyed and she's in the car and she doesn't say like, Hey, I wonder if my brother's okay. Who's possessed by a demon being, you know, (laughs) but that's stranger things, you know, like I can, I can, I can let it go. Um, but her character in general, it seemed like they needed to add somebody. So I hope what I think too would be cool is if maybe they had like some of the girls get together. So if like Max and Erica and Robin and uh, Nancy kind of have a little group, you know, like we come in next year and they have their little group too, where then there's other little groups too. Like people get to hang out with each other because the characters could develop. Um, But uh, I know we're going to kind of wrap things up here. I know Julian's got to get going He's been kind enough to to be with us here today, and uh, I just want to hear from you guys if you have any kind of theories, hopes, and I'll talk about the time travel thing really quick, okay, to lead us into this theories and hopes for next season. If you notice, and I heard this on the um, the Watch, which is a Ringer podcast, Mallory Rubin was talking about this, who did a lot of great stuff for Game of Thrones, too. She's awesome. And I read a little bit about it. So I noticed it too. And I mentioned it to my wife. They show Eleven leaving twice. If you notice in the final scene, uh, the final scenes of the final episode, everybody leaves, they get in the car and they go. Then they go back and she's reading the letter. And then she gets in the car. She says goodbye to everyone again. And she leaves. They're were all the hints of the back to the future stuff in it of the time travel. And there was a bunch of other um, little one liners that came here and there. Also in the letter that Hopper wrote was a lot about if I could, if I could try, if I could change time, if I could do things differently, the whole thing about mentioning his daughter that died, I believe it was his daughter. Um, if he could change that. So I hope they do do it. I think it would be cool if they did a little light time travel, not something crazy where like Hopper is Mike's son or something like that. I don't need that, but it would be cool if they enter into that because they did no real mythology or really didn't spend a lot of time in the upside down at at all this season. I think next season should be mythology heavy and really make it a little complicated and fun, but not overboard. So I don't know, Julian, what do you think about, about the time traveler? Did you catch any of that in the final episode? So that final moment you're talking about it for me, I read it as she's reading the letter and we're seeing a montage of the moments that she, that as they leave, Right, and we're seeing the characters that she's that she's friends with, um, and then she finishes reading the letter, and then that's when they actually leave, uh, like in in real time, 
as it were. So that never really clicked for me. If they're going to do time travel, it needs to be very much the Back to the Future style time travel. Um, contained to Hawkins, yeah. very small um, small scale um, and small stakes, quote unquote. Um, because other, like if it's if it's world ending kind of stuff, it's too big for what they're trying to do. Um, I, I am kind of, that being said, I am a little interested to see if they are able to expand the world a bit because they were leaving Hawkins at the end, yeah. right? And that um, TV show too, it's like they've been exposed yep. to the world. So what does that mean? Like, how does that affect them? I, I like the idea that maybe there's, there's going to be a presence of maybe, quote unquote, like tourists who, who are trying to make, you know, like oh, Bigfoot man. hunters um, who are kind of like in the way. Um, Murray and, could and, be a tour uh, guide. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, <laughs> I, 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 there's so many different things that they could do in terms of like, let's explore more eighties tropes and all that kind of stuff. I'm not even so much concerned about that as just like, let's just make sure we're getting the characters right. And we're getting those pairings, right. And it, everything else will kind of come together in its own way. Cool. What do you think fandom? So I'm against the whole time traveling thing. The moment I saw Back to the Future movie, I was like, don't do it. Don't let this be a hint that we're going to explore time travel in season four. I like Doctor Who, but there are times when I just roll my eyes at certain time travel logic and all this other stuff to be doing there. I hate when they do on The Flash. Even when they got in freaking Avengers Endgame, it's like, if the journey is enjoyable, even with the characters, I'll be like, okay. But at the same time, it's like, if you're going to introduce it, don't let it undermine anything you could have done in previous seasons. That's with me with the whole time travel thing. Yeah. They're going to use it to erase that episode from season two. <laughs> well, if they can do it that way, then I'll be even more a bit forgetful. <laughs> you, uh, you know what? This show is just clever enough to give us one line that says something like that. Like, oh, uh, like Eleven, didn't you have a friend or something like you? Or, you know, that would be funny. All yep. right, guys. Well, um, hey, listen, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about Stranger Things today. I had a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to the next season, and I think we did a good job of kind of going through the characters because it was great that we spent most of the time in the characters because that's what this show is. You know, the plot is great, but as you said, Julian, as long as we stay true to the characters and the journey they're on and also our connection to them, even that 80s stuff we see through them, right, through their enjoyment or fascination with something – so uh, I want to give you both a chance to just tell everybody where they can hear you again and uh, any final words that you have. So Julian, I'll let you go first, pal. Yeah, I just head over to towerbabble.ca. That's where you're going to find everything that we do. Um, we're doing a bunch of new fun episodes. We're primarily concentrating on film and television these days, but you know, especially with Comic-Con coming up, um, there's going to be a lot to talk about. So uh, we're dropped usually every about every Tuesday or so. Um, and you can find us in basically every podcast, um, catcher of choice. And, uh, we hope to see you there. Awesome. Fandom, my friend, where can we catch your, your face reacting to things? Yeah. So you can catch my face reacting to things on Phantom D saying YouTube channel. Currently I'm reacting. No, I finished reacting to the stranger Things season three. Also the hundred and what's the other show? Uh, FX's Legion, which is on its final season. Hopefully, love that show. Month and I do. I promote it as much as I can to get people to watch it. It's not that long of a series. It's like three seasons, like what? Less than 16 episodes per mm-hmm. season. So it's a good bench. It's a good bench. I yep. know it's on like Hulu. 
I know they you can like watch if you if you have access to Hulu, you know. And I think it's called Boys or something like that. It's on Amazon Prime that's coming soon. It's something about vigilantes and stuff. I'm yeah, the boys, the boys. The yep. boys. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to get into that as well. Yep. Yeah, that's like a superhero. Uh, Julian, do you know about that? Yeah, I, I've seen the the previews. It it's I'm concerned for how it's it's quality. It feels <laughs> like it's, I agree. It, it I feels agree. like the type that of show they're like, hey, superheroes are popular. Let's do an edgy one um, and like an edgy take on it. And I I don't. I, I'm not confident it's going to work, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I hear it's it kind of reminds me of like Watchmen and kind of like Kickass. As yes, well, it's self-referential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're superheroes like not that know way. they're in the world of superheroes. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Julian. There is like a sarcastic tone to it too, that can kind of you know that works for like a Deadpool. But look how Suicide Squad kind of turned. You know right. I mean? Like yep. you have to respect the audience and ha- enjoy what they enjoy. But I'll be interested because Amazon's done good stuff. So that's cool. So everybody listening, please check these guys out. And I really hope that we can all work together again. This was like on the fly. And I was like, hey, I'd like to talk to some people about Stranger Things. And I'm glad we got a chance to do it. It was a lot of fun. You can listen to us. Uh, just check us out at dvrpodcast.com, of course. Daily DVR on Monday. Tomorrow, Ken and I are going to be talking about Veronica Mars Season 3. We'll drop that Monday. Then Jenny and I will be back with Big Little Lies. And next Friday, I might either be covering the Battle of Algiers with Devin uh, if he's available or who knows, Justin and I, or maybe I could even get Julian or, or you two fandom. I've been thinking about trying to get people together to kind of do a postmortem on game of Thrones season eight and kind of talk to it, talk about it, covering it. Cause I know I listen, I know both of you guys, we talked during the season and we have different views on it and just how it was. Cause that was, now that you look back at it, that was what a shit show. <laughs> The whole thing was freaking crazy. The fans, the show, everything. It was like, I can't, I'm like, God, did I even live through that? You know? It's almost like, it's like, there's no way it was going too well that it couldn't, there's no way it was able to stick the landing. It was crazy. And now everybody's at Con of Thrones this weekend too. So that is an interesting, we'll, we'll talk about that. Stay in touch with us. Stay in touch with all of us here. Thanks again, guys. I really do appreciate your time and uh, peace out everybody.